Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, showcase number 62, 63, and 65. Cover dates, May, July, and November 1966. Cover price, 12 cents. Cover artists, Joe Orlando, Mike Sikowski, and Mike Esposito. Edited by Jack Miller. Featuring The Origins and Early Adventures of DC's Costumed Incompetence, The Inferior Five. Written by E. Nelson Bridwell. Art by Joe Orlando, Mike Sikowski, and Mike Esposito. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go! When a mad scientist threatens Megalopolis, the police call the retired superhero team the Freedom Brigade. Far past their prime, the Freedom Brigade outfit their children to become a new generation of heroes. Merry Man, Dumb Bunny, Awkward Man, White Feather, and the Blimp. Together they are the Inferior Five. far away When I'm five I will read the magazines in mommy's drawer When I'm five I will walk behind the soldiers in their Mayday Parade Cause I'm only four and grown-ups walk too fast Yesterday was horrid day cause Raymond kicked my shin And mommy says if I am good she'll let me go to school In August daddy shouted loud at mommy And I dropped my toast at breakfast And I laughed when butter licked my face because it tickled I wonder why my daddy cries and how I wish that I was nearly five Hum, 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 a strumming song Do, do, doodly do, why are you singing that? Because you just went hum. Do you know what the uh, headline on the Department of Defense news feed was today? Trump is an idiot. No, no, they're not allowed to print something like that. Uh, it was avoid juice jacking. What's juice jacking? Well, it sounds dirty, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, when you go to the airport now, apparently, when you plug in your phone to charge at the charging station, uh-huh. apparently they can criminals can fix it now so that... They can steal your information through the USB port. How? Well, that's a big no-no in government facilities. You can't plug your USB into anything. Oh, so what do you plug it into? You just carry a jack around like a, a plug jack? 
Yes, well, like we do when we travel. Sure. Well, I avoid juice jacking. That's for sure. Juice jacking. Oh hi. Oh my god, have you been recording? Yes. Oh, how funny. <laughs> I was gonna um, start with another song. All right, go ahead. I'm so excited. Da, 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 and I just get hided. Da, ba, 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 da, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I, know, I, want, I want you to want, read all about oh. the inferior five. Well, you should have been singing that a week ago. Why? Because <laughs> I rushed to read this as quickly as I could. Oh, well, I'm sorry I tricked you into reading three issues because I'm trying to uh, cover more material, more related material in less time. Oh, does okay. that make sense? Well, yeah, but I should I should be told about the comics much earlier than Saturday. Well, well, or Friday. Let's yeah be real. You wouldn't have read it before Saturday. I don't know. Today? It's okay. It's fine. Let's go. We're looking at showcase numbers 62, 63, and 65, the three-issue tryout of the Inferior Five. What happened to 64? Well, 64 was not the Inferior Five. We'll come back to 64 later. Okay. Um, Written, created by E. Nelson Bridwell. Art by Joe Orlando. Joe Orlando. I see his signature at the bottom right-hand corner. Of the uh, except for issue 65 is art by Mike Sikowski, who does Justice League, who I've never liked in Justice League, but I didn't mind in Inferior 5. Okay. Did you? No. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so the Inferior 5 mm-hmm. uh, was capitalizing on the campy oddball humor, so popular at the time. No kidding. Possibly the first team composed of second generation superheroes oh with the exception i mean we could say that the earth Two robin grew up and became an adult superhero okay but i know you don't like to talk about earth that's two. a deep dive it is just wait till i get started i have two pages of research on I these issues that. um editor jack miller mm-hmm. had conceived uh, just as like a straight-up parody of Marvel's Fantastic Four. Oh, okay. So he came up with this idea called the Inferior Four, and he handed it off to E. Nelson Bridwell, mm-hmm. who changed the concept slightly, added five heroes, mm-hmm. and called them the Inferior Five. Okay. E. Nelson Bridwell, who lived from 1931 to 1987, a longtime writer for Mad Magazine. Oh, my God. What? It's all coming together, isn't it? Well, I was just thinking, it's like reading if comics, if if DC comics were written by Mad Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Good good catch. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Uh, He started working for DC Comics in 1965 as an assistant to Mort Weisinger, who was a longtime editor on the Superman family of titles. He went on to help produce three hardcover anthologies for DC in the 1970s. Superman from the 30s to the 70s, Batman from the 30s to the 70s, and Shazam from the 40s to the 70s, all of which were found at my local library when I was growing up and were somewhat of a gateway drug into (laughs) superhero comics for me. (laughs) He became DC's self-appointed continuity cop, helping to explain and justify contradictory plot points that happened between characters and plot lines, such as different Inhabitants of the planet Mars okay. that would appear in different superhero stories. Sure. Um, he standardized the Kryptonian alphabet, also known as Kryptonese. We discussed Kryptonese that last, last week. week. Yes. Um, 
he went on to write the comic book adaption of the Super Friends television show. The long-running Mr. and Mrs. Superman feature featuring the Earth 2 Superman and Lois Lane. I know you don't like to talk about Earth 2, so I won't bring that up. It's not like I don't like to talk about it. It's just that, you know. And an excellent, excellent run of Shazam stories throughout the 1970s in Shazam's own title and then as a backup feature in World's Finest Comics. Sure. Joe Orlando, who lived from 1927 to 1998, began work with EC Comics and Mad Magazine. Oh, yeah. In the 1950s, drew several issues of Classics Illustrated, which were comic book adaptions of famous literary stories. Adaptations. Yes. Mm-hmm. And designed the famous Sea Monkeys ads oh, that appeared in goodness. comics throughout the 60s and 70s. Finally, he was hired full-time by DC after years of freelancing, becoming an editor and eventually a vice president. Really? He was responsible for recruiting a stable of Filipino native artists who worked for DC in the 70s and 80s, most prominently Alfredo Alcala. I can see your eyes glazing over. No, not glazing over. I just thought it was interesting. And in 1992... He became associate publisher of Mad Magazine to bring everything full circle. Right. So, yes, as you mentioned, this is very clearly influenced by Mad Magazine Absolutely. style, mm-hmm. which I like a lot better than some of the other quote-unquote humor comics we've looked at. Yeah, I could tell. I, I, would I be correct in saying that Joe Orlando did not write the or, or draw the Jerry Lewis comics? No, he did not. Right. Sorry. It's very... Very different. I could so. Do you know what was the giveaway, um, which made me think of Mad Magazine, was Dumb Bunny mm-hmm. and the Blimp, and just then of course just the whole sort of writing inside. But but the cover art, I thought, well, this is like reading a Mad Magazine. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's a little uh, what do we say, earthier mm-hmm. art style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, grittier maybe. So the Inferior Five, Merry Man. Secret Identity, Myron Victor. Mm-hmm. Dumb Bunny. Secret Identity, Athena Tremor. <laughs> the Blimp. Secret Identity, Herman Kramer. Awkward Man. Secret Identity, Lander Brent. Awkward Man. And White Feather. Secret Identity, William King. Mm-hmm. The Inferior Five are the children of the Golden Age superhero group, the Freedom Brigade. Mm-hmm. I said it slowly because I had some trouble in my... Introduction Freedom, to Freedom, Freedom Brigade. Brigade. Uh, Freedom Brigade made up. I did, you did it, again. it again. Gosh darn it! You, the Freedom Brigade. You're going to have to say it at that speed. I can just cut it in later. We're talking about the Freedom Brigade. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mary Man's parents, Patriot and Lady Liberty who are uh, parodying the 1940s quality comics superheroes Uncle Sam and Miss America. Oh. I told you I did a lot of research. Okay. Actually, a lot of this I knew off the top of my head mm-hmm. or guessed it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uncle Sam and Miss America were quality comics characters, as were the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. DC purchased the quality <laughs> comics characters. <laughs> Uh, in the 1950s and mm-hmm. continued publishing Blackhawks, but the other heroes kind of fell into obscurity. Blackhawks. So, we read about the Blackhawks. We've read about the Blackhawks mm-hmm. several times. Yeah. Um, so at this point in publishing history, Uncle Sam and Miss Liberty had not reappeared within DC Comics 
continuity. They would eventually. Uh, as, uh, as young superheroes or, well, or uh, in their, I mean, when they reappear later on, right. will, they, will it be with the age, their age progressing as, as they have right now? No. Okay. So uh, this is your favorite subject, alternate Earths. In the 1970s, the quality comics heroes were reintroduced as having lived on Earth X, which is a world where the Nazis won World War II. And the quality comics heroes had to become uh, freedom fighters. In effect, that's the name of their comic, the Freedom Fighters. Sure. Which is actually has a, a current volume being published as an alternate Earth history. So Sex Earth Life. 2. Earth 2 is where the 1940s... The Nazis. Oh, but I'm sorry. I was, I was about to make a um, connection between Earth 2 and a show we've been watching, but it's a different comic. Oh, Man in the High Castle. Right? Where the Nazis won World War Two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's Earth X is where the Nazis won. Oh. Earth 2 is where the, the 1940s superheroes lived. Okay. But the Nazis did not win. Okay. All right. Still with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also in the Freedom Brigade, Mr. Might, who is the father of Awkward Man, Mr. Might's uh, a parody of Superman. Princess Power, parody of Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman, and she's Dumb Bunny's mother. Oh, my goodness. The Mermaid, who is... She's a full-figured gal, by the way. Yes, and also... For a parody, she has exactly the same costume as Wonder Woman. I know that was Mr. Might looks like um, looks like um, Captain Marvel. A right? little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the mermaid, I who love is her. Awkward man's mother. She's a parody of Aquaman. And she runs in flippers. Sure. So does he. Hmm. Uh, Captain Swift, who looks who's like the Flash. The Flash, yes. He's the father of the Blimp. <laughs> now there's some controversy online. Controversy. The Flash, as you know, can just run fast. He can't fly. But the Blimp's primary superpower is flight. Sure. So Maybe it was a genetic anomaly. Well, it could be that Captain Swift is meant to portray Johnny Quick, the 1940s superhero who had super speed but could also fly. Oh, okay. Um, I don't want to delve too far into controversies. Are we and the creators of this are not around to consult anyone. No. But if anybody would know encyclopedic knowledge of DC Comics history, it would be E. Nelson Bridwell. So anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, the Bowman, who is the father of White Feather. He's a parody of Green Arrow, Green Arrow. obviously. Yeah. He wears a cape, which would not be very convenient for an archer, I don't think. But nonetheless, no. there we are. Um, so in this first issue of their tryout, we get a little brief overview of their origins it seems the freedom brigade has uh been called into action but they're all a mad scientist in megalopolis dr gruesome Mm -hmm. um and rather than go out and fight themselves the freedom brigade press their children into service Mm -hmm. so uh because they're all retired yeah Mm -hmm. focuses heavily on merry man myron victor who apparently was supposed to uh, be an homage to Woody Allen. I can see that. Famous film director sure. and uh, incestuous pedophile. But we didn't know about that then. 
Was he doing that then? I mean, probably. Was that his stepdaughter? Yeah, adopted daughter. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, no, stepdaughter, because uh, she was adopted by Andre Previn. Famous film composer and conductor and opera composer. Daughter of Mia Farrow. Mm-hmm. Adopted daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Freedom Brigade, Freedom Brigade. You poor thing. I'm sorry. It's, it's okay. like February. I can't understand why. Freedom Brigade. Quiet, you. Dogs are barking in the background. Um, Butler doesn't like Woody Allen films. No one does. That's not true. We don't in this house. Right, 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 right. Just right. by the mere fact that he had sex with his daughter. Nope. Well, I honestly, I didn't like them before. I didn't even know about them before. And then when I learned about that years and years ago when I was young, I said, nope, forget it. Nope. Um, anyway... The children of the Freedom Brigade are sent out to get costumes for themselves, beginning with Mary Mann, mm-hmm. who apparently is an expert martial artist, but he's so weak and spindly that he's not very effective at mm-hmm. it. Uh, they introduce themselves, the blimp, who is fat and can fly slowly. Do you know that's how I fly in my dreams? Slowly. I run and run and run and then jump off of the ground. Mm-hmm. And then just float. I think that's pretty common. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how I fly in my dreams. Then the blimp is the hero for all of us. Mm-hmm. Awkward man who's strong and mighty and also can swim underwater, so that's why he wears flippers, which explains why he's tripping all the time. Yeah. You'd think you'd just take the flippers off, right? Well, yeah. Mm. But what if he has to go in the water? Then what? Which he does in issue two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. White Feather, who is an expert archer, but only when no one's looking because he's terrified of everything. <laughs> and that's why he wears a White Feather international symbol for cowardice. Yes. And Dumb Bunny, who's uh, portrayed as an idiot, mm-hmm. but she's uh, the strongest character in the book. And she does get to show her power, sometimes unintentionally, a lot throughout the book. They all introduce themselves. They all decide they're going to be a superhero team. And off they go to fight Dr. Gruesome, who lives in a junkyard. And He's builds. not very attractive. No, but this is how you know it's a Mad Magazine influenced just by Dr. Gruesome's mm-hmm. face. I'll mm-hmm. put that on the Facebook page. He builds a giant robot who looks... I'm sorry, he builds a what? A giant robot. Sorry, I mispronounced it. Thank you. Um, did you notice that the robot looks a lot like Computo, who fought the Legion of Superheroes? Where are you? Oh, I skipped way ahead. Yeah. I'm on page 13. I'm with you. <laughs> um, it's a refrigerator with a radio sticking out of its head. Which is exactly what Computo mm-hmm. looked like. Mm-hmm. Also, the Bizarro Computo is more in keeping with what he looked like, mm. if you remember. Mm-hmm. That was several episodes ago. So, so they encountered the, the robot... Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, they defeat the robot. Oh, I'm skipping ahead because I love the second issue so much. Me too. Um, so, yes, they defeat Dr. Gruesome. Uh, what do they do? They just fight it, right? Well, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. A lot of their victories are accidental. Are accidental. But who of us could do any better? Dr. Gruesome also builds a crime car, which looks like uh, a <laughs> cross between Wonderbug 
in Mad Max. Yeah, that's a good that's a good um, description of it, Bob. Do you remember Wonderbug? I do. Wonderbug. Wonderbug. I don't know the words. What, was Bob Denver in it? Um, no. But no, but a kid that looked like Bob Denver. Yeah. Was it a television adaptation of Herbie and the Love Bug? Influenced I mean, it was, by, yeah. It was clearly a ripoff of it. But when it was a broken down old uh, Jeep. Jeep, and, and then it had a magic horn. And they'd squeeze the horn and it yeah. turned into Wonderbug, who could fly and talk. Did it talk? With a pup, yes, with a puppet mouth. And did it, did it, did it talk like her? That's wait, Speed wait. Buggy. So, oh, so I'm thinking of Speed Buggy. Yeah. Okay. Um, also very similar and influenced by... Uh, oh, I wish I could remember anything that Speed Buggy would say because I'd try to do an imitation. We'll have to look it up. We'll look it up online. Mm-hmm. Next, next week, everyone. Next week, Rob will bring an imitation of Speed Buggy. Uh, there's a text page in here which tells all about the creation of the Inferior Five. A very tongue-in-cheek explanation. I gave you a better history of it a few minutes ago. Now, are you going to A Gruesome Revenge, Part 3? I am. <laughs> On page 20. 20? Do you notice at the bottom of the page, Dr. Gruesome has a ducket bucket? <laughs> Put it in your ducket bucket. <laughs> I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. Ducket bucket? Yeah. Um, so just like he's going to destroy... Oh, it's an ejection seat. I see. Oh. Duck it. Duck it. Put it in your duck it bucket. <laughs> Gosh, um, this is so... That 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 um, panel on 21 where he's landing in the, in the uh, junkyard, mm-hmm. that reminds me so much of any Mad Magazine yeah. landscape. Doesn't it? It's very stylized art and also very... I can't remember the word I was going to say. It's angular. It's frenetic. Yes, it, it is an impossible landscape. A person yes. could not actually navigate that landscape. It's like Tim Burton-esque. Esque. <laughs> That's an important qualifier. Well, yes, because Tim Burton's much, much more imaginative. Right. And he has a lot more um, curves in his illustration. You know, we've got to get Brad to come in as a guest here. Who? Brad. Brad. Brad Hammond. Oh, right, 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 right. We really do. Okay. Done. Issue 63 is where I wanted to dig into because... Are we going forward? Yes. We're not even going to talk about how they defeat him? Well, it's all they just punch him. Yeah. He's out. Accidental. Accidental punching. uh, Punching. I'm beaten. I give up. I give up. And also Dr. Gruesome appears in the next issue all right all right so issue 63 showcase presents the inferior five incredible fantastic disgusting our daffy combo versus man mountain man mountain man mountain Mm. is seven feet tall and green guess who he's supposed to be obviously they're making fun of the incredible hulk yes i asked you about that i said hey when was the incredible hulk written when did it premiere and you said yeah that's not all we've got to deal with also here. they break they speak right to the reader in this comic mm-hmm. they, what does it break the the fourth, fourth wall. wall sure it right here in the beginning on 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 the splash page mm-hmm. they say a bad penny always comes back and we have five of them to prove it 
By showing up for a second showcase, of course, you the reader, five bad pennies are worth one wooden nickel. But we still have the nerve to charge you 12 cents for the mag in good hard cash yet. So if you we've actually coined if we've actually conned you into buying this, settle back and make the best of it. As you read about the Inferior Five's mission to conquer Man Mountain because he's there. Conquering Man Mountain. That sounds like a Saturday night in our house. Really? Mm-hmm. You're going to go there? Mm, I've this gone is blue. a family show. I've gone blue, haven't I? Uh, by family, I mean family. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> So Merry Man's giving his team a pep talk. Don't let those five supervillains scare you. After all, what other crime-fighting combo has members who are swifter, smarter, and tougher than we are? Well, let's see. The Justice League, the Doom <laughs> Patrol, the <laughs> Teen team. Titans. The Campfire Girls. They're <laughs> hardy. All right. So in the yard of Megalopolis Prison, where Dr. Gruesome has been sent after last issue... Nice boots, Dr. Gruesome. Are those Doc Martens? Mm, they're just some cowboy boots with little stars on them. Uh, so Dr. Gruesome has rigged up an escape. He's going to have a talent show, apparently. <laughs> well, and, it looks like, yeah, they're yeah, having they're a talent, talent show, show. And Dr. Gruesome has rigged up an ejector s- staircase? Well, I mean, he, he's going to go on the stage to do his performance, and he steps on a special trick. Right. Um button which launches him over the wall unfortunately he's an idiot yeah because he has a broken leg three cracked ribs and perhaps a concussion obviously dot gruesome isn't the villain of this adventure let's see who is we shift now to a criminal hideout in megalopolis Hmm. where we find this group vendetta V for Vendetta. Uh, consisting of the Sparrow, the Speed Demon, the Silver Sorceress, and the Masked Swastika. Mm. Apparently they fought the Freedom Brigade in the 1940s. The Masked Swastika? Swastika. Swastika. Uh-huh. I want to say it's Swastika, but that's wrong. That's swastika. wrong, yes. Um, was the arch enemy of the parents of the Merriman. Yes. Um, Lady Liberty and Uncle Sam. Yes. Yeah. Now, this So can I say something about the masked swastika? Yes. It's interesting. If I had read this in the 1960s, uh-huh. World War II would have been very much still in the near memory of the culture. Sure. 20 years in the past. Right. And so really, like, if I was a kid reading this, it would have been something my grandparents had Probably been involved parents. with and possibly my parents. Yeah. But likely, more likely my grandparents. Okay. You know, I was reading this and comparing this Nazi uh, soldier mm-hmm. in modern times to what we're dealing with right now in America with racism. Right. And it, I felt very unsettled by it. Well, let's remember that in the 1960s, uh, well, I guess America was facing the consequences of racism. Mm -hmm. But also they were watching Hogan's Heroes on television. I did think of that. I did think of Hogan's Heroes and... um... And also they were probably not... 
Nazis uh, parading in the streets. Right. Like, and, or being the president of the United States. There were definitely, um, the Klan was still very much in the culture, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. in the South. But the ties between white supremacy and Nazi Germany and the Klan and all the hate groups and such weren't in the cult, weren't very apparent in the culture back then. Right. I as think they are now. Especially Nazism was not such a present threat in the 1960s as it might seem to be. Right. It's, so I guess all I'm saying is that when I was reading this, I just couldn't help but think about what we're dealing with now. Sure. And, and it wasn't something, and it wasn't a criticism of this, obviously, or I'm not criticizing it. I'm we're just placing it in, reflecting on it in, through a modern lens. And I was just disturbed by it. I just, I couldn't look at it like some sort of parody, like like watching Hogan's Heroes, you know? Right. Well, even watching Hogan's Heroes nowadays is a little bit dicey. You know that was written like and acted mostly by Jewish people. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was intentionally. It was it was introduced as like we have this crazy idea, and they thought it was so insane mm-hmm. and funny that they that they went for it. You know what else Jewish people created? Superheroes. Okay, it's true. I don't doubt you. Um, anyway, I don't mean to bring I don't mean to bring down the room. No, let's just, have some more exciting nerd talk. Okay, vendetta. Yes. What do you think of a vendetta? What is it? Can it's you define it? It's an Italian it? term. Yes. It's uh, to get revenge. Yes. Right? Um, who else gets revenge? Who else gets revenge? Uh huh. What other kind of group of people gets revenge? Well, uh, villains, I guess. No, what? or uh, heroes. Avengers. Oh, the Avengers. Can I tell you something exciting? Sure. In Avengers comics, the original Avengers, similar to the movies, were Iron Man, Thor, the Hulk, Ant-Man, and the Wasp. Okay. In issue four, five, one of the early issues, they discovered Captain America frozen in the ice. Okay. And so they uh, rescued him and he became an Avenger. Sure. In issue 16... Stan Lee, writer of Avengers Comics, decided that he wanted to get uh, rid of the similarities to DC's Justice League of America. Sure. And so he sent the original members packing and created a team of four superheroes called Cap's Kooky Quartet, consisting of Captain America, the Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, and Hawkeye. Hmm. You see where I'm going with this? The masked swastika is Captain America. Silver Sorceress is the Scarlet Witch. Speed Demon is Quicksilver. And Sparrow is Hawkeye. Oh, my gosh. Right? This is very clever. And Man Mountain is Hulk, of course. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see why I love E. Nelson Bridwell? Mm Mm-hmm. Wait till we get to the next issue. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, this is a direct homage to Cap's Kooky Quartet. Wow. Uh, I looked it up the month that this comic was published. Mm-hmm. Actually, they had, um, was towards the end of that series of stories. And so the some of the original Avengers were starting to come back okay. into the fold. But so this is for really... the, the past year in publication history or so, had been Cap's Kooky Quartet. 
So I didn't realize that these were so cleverly selected oh, to yeah. be parodies of Marvel comics. Yeah. I thought that perhaps these were um, creations of, um, you know how sometimes you'll read a comic and they'll say, hey, do you have ideas for characters that are mm-hmm. strange? And that these would be reader-suggested characters that were developed. Right. Yeah. No. Hmm. The truth is much more clever. Hmm. So uh, Vendetta, the group, decides that they are going to... Uh, well, I kind of lost the narrative here because I was so excited about what was happening. Okay, so let's bring it back on. So we're, yep. we're on page three, yep. right? Yep. And we're introduced to the characters in Vendetta. Yep. And they are um, old, right? Yes. Except for uh, the sorceress has remained young. Yeah. And she proposes to give them all potions to make them young and vital again. Now, if she's using potions, is she really a sorceress or is she some kind of alchemist? She does have sorcery powers because she's able to hypnotize or do something to um, the the blind the blonde bunny. What's her name? Mm-hmm. Dumb bunny. Dumb bunny. Uh, without using a potion. Okay. So they youthify themselves. Youthify. And. Uh, this is another clever thing. <laughs> so Mask Swastika says this is the key to their defeat. He pulls out a grenade which emits powerful phi rays plus deadly beta rays and kappa rays. Yeah, phi, phi beta, beta kappa. kappa. Key. Because, you know, the Hulk got his powers from gamma rays. Gamma rays, yes. Yeah. I'm just I mean, giddy I'm... with delight at all of this. <laughs> Are you? Yes. Um, also... <laughs> You know, my favorite thing is when they do foreign languages written out in comics. Yes. And Mast Swastika makes a reference to, suddenly his accent disappears and uh, Speed Demon asks him about it. And he says, ach, what a dumbkopf I am. I forgot us Nazi villains all always talk like they're cats and yammer kids. Cats and yammer kids. Uh, cats and yammer kids, of course, are famous comic strip characters from the early days of comic strips. Oh. Goodness, that's yeah. way before your time. Yeah, you've gone down a rabbit hole here. Mom. I really have. That's why I'm shaking with delight. <laughs> I thought you had the flu. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had the flu too today at work. <laughs> I'll be speaking of which, I got a flu shot today. That men's room will never be the same. I need to get a flu shot too. I got it at the at the um, drugstore, and it was. I went in the morning, and it was done and over with within ten minutes, and I and it was free. Because it was covered by my insurance. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I work with children. I can't take any chances. Oh, they're all it's just filthy. They filthy are germ beasts covered in Cheeto dust and Ugh. malaria. They're horrible. Um, we see a little bit of the uh, secret identities now. The fi- inferior five. <laughs> uh, Myron Victor is a cartoonist with terrible posture. Very, very bad. Well, he's no bigger than a popcorn fart, as mm-hmm. my mother, as your mother would, say. would say. Rest her soul. That's the second time in 24 hours we've invoked her name. Really? Mm-hmm. Last night over dinner. Uh, the blimp mm-hmm. works in a diner. Oh, is fact, that what it is? He's the, yes, it says Herman's Diner right there. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, I assumed he was running a deli or something. Well, it looks like he's eating up the inventory because mm-hmm. he's back in the storeroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoving a chicken leg down his throat. Mm-hmm. Um, at a nearby beach, Leander Brent, professional beachcomber, apparently. <laughs> That's a thing. 
Also, maybe he's a beatnik because he's got a soul patch yes, and he's he, dancing. Yeah. Uh, dancing on the beach with his pals. Well, it makes sense since he's supposed to be like Aquaman, right? To be a professional beachcomber. Yeah, sure, sure, mm-hmm. sure. Um, so he uh, goes to his, gets his costume on and then dives into the ocean. Mm-hmm. Apparently, we read in the text, like his mother, the mermaid, awkward man, must frequently immerse himself in water to survive. Mm-hmm. Just like Aquaman mm-hmm. has to uh, be in contact with water every 60 minutes or he dies. Every Immediately. 60 minutes. Yeah, on the dot, he dies. I always thought that was stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. You'll see stories where Aquaman gets to minute 60 and immediately becomes weak and has to drink a glass of water or he'll die. Oh, my God. I know. It's stupid. But I guess... If so you much think strength of, and a fatal flaw. Sure. Mm. If you think of dolphins, you know, they can't exist out of water even though they breathe air. Mm-hmm. And in the studio of glamour photographer William King, where model Athena Tremor poses. Of course, her last name Tremor is an homage to Steve Trevor, who was Wonder Woman's paramour. Oh, my God. Uh, So he's a famous photographer. He is jacked. Look at that tight T-shirt he's wearing. I know, right? It's too bad. He's a filthy coward. Um, He's great hair, though. They all have great hair. I like awkward man's hair. Mm. Um, So he's a famous fashion photographer and she's a model. Mm -hmm. Um, They all have these phones equipped in their uh, studios. Of course, this is before cordless phones. So he has a phone inside of uh, a camera. She has a phone in her purse. Yeah, which she can't find because you know how women are with their purses. Mm -hmm. By the way. She's a Batman comic in her purse. Apparently, we owe an apology. To whom? To the one redheaded ballerina that's existed in history. Because last week, Lana Lang was practicing her ballet moves, and I said, There's no such thing as a redheaded ballerina. Well, there is, apparently, and we got a letter of protest about it. From an actual ballerina? An actual redheaded ballerina, the one. that, And she listens to our show? Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Do I know her? Yes, certainly. She's on Cinema Chop Chop. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, sorry. I'm sorry about red-headed that. Redheaded ballerina. I'm sure there's lots of redheaded ballerinas. I don't follow ballet. Well, I'm too I, manly for I that. I studied ballet, jazz, <laughs> and modern Did myself. You? Yes. And when I say study. Is that even, why you're so light in your loafers? <laughs> Thanks, folks. I'm here all week. And I would not feel comfortable dancing ballet outside on the lawn. That's for sure. <laughs> not like Lana Lang. No, modern... Unless I was up in the upstairs window blowing oh. <laughs> blowing you. <laughs> modern, yes. Yes. Because modern is essentially just roll around on the floor and scrape your feet and bleed class. Well, now we're going to get a lot of comments from modern dancers. Well, so. I studied it, so there you go. Uh, everyone gets into costume and meets at police headquarters in the office of Police Chief Geronimo. Well, do you like how the characters... Um, is it called bleeding into the other panels? Is that is that the like on page? Yeah, we can call it that. I mean, they just yeah, they're placed in, into other panels. They're not trapped within. Yeah, a so strict cool. panel. I like it. I like it. Um, we then skip to Megalopolis Square Garden and look in on one of the preliminaries where Brute, what's his last name? I can't remember. 
the the, the fighter? Brute Brainerd. Uh, as a fighter, he's getting knocked out. KO'd, as they say in the business. He's got a glass jaw. Famously, he mm-hmm. has a glass jaw. So here comes Vendetta. They're going to rob the box office till. I have a trick jaw. Do you? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, I got my last big fist fight that I got into when I was in junior high was with uh-huh. a guy who was quite bigger than me. Uh-huh. And I remember punching him in the stomach and it sort of bouncing back because he was a big guy and he was kind of heavy. No, he was fat. Yeah. And I thought, oh, well, that's not going to do much. But by the time that, oh, well, that's not going to do much occurred to me, he had punched me square in the jaw. And it really, really, really hurt. And I could not open and close my mouth after that. But I didn't want to tell anybody that I got into a fight because it, it was in gym and there were other people watching. And, like, I lost the fight. Sure. So I just had milkshake for lunch and I just drank liquids for the next 24 hours. And ever since then, I've got a pop in the right-hand side of my jaw. And which is especially when I when I wake up in the morning, I go to brush my teeth. I open up my jaw and it goes pop. Is that what that sound is? I always thought you were farting. <laughs> um, hey, I heard a story this week. Hmm. A young uh, woman of our acquaintance who was on a debate team in class, <laughs> and her debate partner was being an idiot, so she punched him in the face. <laughs> That's the best story I've heard in a long time. I love that. Um, So here comes the Inferior Five to stop Vendetta from robbing the box office. The box office of the Megalopolis Square Garden. Yeah, because it's a boxing match. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Going forward. So fight, fight, fight. Uh, Awkward man trips over his cape and knocks the Phi Beta Kappa bomb. Out of the hands of the masked swastika. And it lands in the locker room of the knocked out brute brain... Brute Brainerd. Brainerd. Yep. Right? It explodes, and he turns into giant green... Man Mountain Man. Man Mountain. Man Mountain. Yep. Uh, So they're fighting, fighting, fighting in the street. Out bursts Man Mountain... By the way, I should say they all defeat the Vendetta foes accidentally. Yes. Until Man Mountain bursts out of the building and uh, defeats the Inferior Five and off. Very quickly and easily. Very quickly. And off they go with, well, Man Mountain goes off with Vendetta. And they engage in a crime spree. They start, they rob a bank. Yep. They steal uh, jewels from a jewelry shop. Yep. And in the meantime, the Inferior Five come to and decide that they're going to band together and uh, take on the Vendetta gang. Yes. So that all checks out. They're villains, Mm -hmm. clearly. Mm -hmm. And the Inferior Five is going to, quote, thrash them within an inch of their lives. Mm -hmm. So you're on part three, yes? I'm on part three, Merry Man's Last Stand. Mm Mm-hmm. Merryman encourages his fellows to stick together this time. <laughs> and by sticking together, they actually are too close. Right. And, and uh, Awkward Man trips over his cape or flippers or whatever and starts rolling forward. And then everyone rolls and gets tangled up together. Idiots. We're tangled up like a Chinese puzzle. What's a, what's a, what's a 
All I can think of is like the thing you the stick finger your, puzzle. Is that's that all, it? I I suppose you stick your fingers in and you can't get them out. Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> so Man Mountain, yeah, uh, just decides to with one huge punch to yeah. untangle the whole group. Yep, all five of them. They happen to be standing outside of a fur warehouse. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's going to become important in a minute. Merry Man is the only one conscious. It's up to him to protect the honor of the inferior five. As we recall, he's a master martial artist, but he weighs 90 pounds. He cannot get any leverage against this man mountain. So judo doesn't work. Karate doesn't work. But he slaps man mountain, right? S- yes. In the face. and well, Under the chin. Under the chin and knocks him out. Accidentally, he slaps him because he's covering, he's bringing his hands up to cover his eyes. Mm-hmm. As you remember, Man Mountain has a glass jaw, mm-hmm. just like Brute. What's his name? Bruce Brute, Brainerd. Bruce Brainerd. Brute. Well done. Brute Brain. Brute Brainerd. Yes. Well done. That's thank you. I've had trouble with alliteration today. Um, I love the Irishman. Bagara, you're the most powerful <laughs> man. I've. You're, you're the most powerful man I've ever seen. Merry men that you are. And he says, you shouldn't talk that way. After all, you aren't Irish, Officer Ginelli. That's racist. He doesn't know. They well, have Italian people in Ireland. Uh, that was before I knew that the, that the artist was at all um, affiliated with Mad Magazine. I see. I saw that and I went, oh, this is such Mad Magazine humor. I wonder, I wonder, you know. Again, I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Uh, Vendetta has robbed the fur warehouse, which is, if you owned a fur warehouse, would you put in giant letters on the outside of the building, fur warehouse? Well, I think they used to have fur storages. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's just, it's in the yellow pages. Just ladies bring your furs here. You don't put giant neon letters on the outside. Come rob me. (laughs) We're full of fur. (laughs) Anyway, fur is murder, as we all know, so. Yeah, we don't have furs anymore. Well, no. well, people still wear them, but we don't. Well, not in the United not States. me. Mm-hmm. I do have a fur. Um, what do you call it? A shrug. It was my grandmother White's. We have it. It's in a closet somewhere. We do not. I'd never wear it in public. What you couldn't get it over your shoulders? Yes, I could indeed. No, you couldn't. My grandmother White had very broad shoulders. <laughs> We're almost a perfect match. Ah, shut up. Oh, God. Um, So, again, the Inferior Five, they haven't given up. They are still after Vendetta. Um, They're persistent, I'll give them that. Yep, they're good sports. Um, Dumb Bunny realizes that she can defeat Silver Sorceress if she keeps her eyes closed, and then Silver Sorceress can't whammy her. Um... Silver Sorceress tries to get Dumb Bunny to open her eyes, and so she says, look, the Beatles. That's a topical reference. The Beatles were a rock band of the time. Um, Dumb Bunny Bunny throws her arms up in the air. Where? 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 And by throwing her arms up in the air, actually knocks out the Sorceress. Yeah. Uh, The blimp is after the Speed Demon. And the Speed Demon trips over. Trips over over the furs. furs. Mm -hmm. Because he steps in gum. That the blimp had earlier thrown onto the street. Classic mm. superhero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Planning ahead. Uh, 
the sparrow, who is an archer, goes after White Feather. Um, sparrow with a boomerang arrow with a line time arrow. Point. Shoots an arrow at the white feather. The white feather feather passes out. Yep, in fear. Mm -hmm. A boomerang arrow comes back. And wraps itself around the sparrow. The sparrow. (laughs) Ha, ha. Swastika has an electrified sword, Mm -hmm. by the way. Mm -hmm. He's going after Awkward Man. Mm -hmm. Uh, Awkward Man easily grasps the sword and crushes it. He basically just... Run, just, stands just, just, just stands there. He just basically just destroys everything he touches. Yeah. Yeah. That's his superpower. And he's strong. Yeah. And he can breathe underwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he has several superpowers. He's got it all. Yeah. Uh, Man Mountain, meanwhile, changes back to Brute Brainerd. Mm hmm. Uh, who they all recognize as Brute Brainerd. The guy with the most fragile glass jaw in the boxing game. And Merry Men realizes, oh, that's how I right. knocked him out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out that the masked swastika is uh, an a doppelganger, exact, a doppelganger of Napoleon. Yeah. This is a stupid joke because uh, Hitler made him wear a mask because his his face reminded him too much of Napoleon, which reminded him that Napoleon was defeated. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, I will return and get mine revenge if enough of you readers. By this tryout issue, so der Inferior 5, get their own magazine. Right to the reader there. That wasn't a very good uh, German accent. Mm-mm. No. So We need Jake for that. Uh, we're going to skip ahead now to showcase number 65. Showcase number 64 is another story of the Spectre, which we'll cover that in a couple of weeks. Okay. Uh, but for now, skip ahead to 65. I don't want to dwell too long on it, but it's so clever what they do. Okay, let's go. Writer. Oh, hang on. I got to oh, get there. Are you in the splash page yet? Yes, I'm in the splash page. Well, what do you know? They actually have the galloping gall to come back. Of mm. course, we're referring to the Inferior Five, that disaster area in the field of superheroes. This time, they're on a new kick in the field of lower education <laughs> in this gruesome tale. It's not gruesome, is it? Mm-hmm. Entitled Agony at the academy, or a scrapple floor the teacher. A scrapple floor the teacher. <laughs> Can you say that in like a, a Rocky and Bullwinkle announcer voice? You mean like, do you mean like this? Remember their, their adventures always had two titles, Agony at the Academy or... Oh, yeah, sc- yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the gruesome title, the gruesome tale entitled Agony at the Academy or... A scrapple floor, the teacher. Perfection. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So <laughs> we open this issue. Uh, I should say the art now is by Mike Sikowski. Definitely not the same artist. Not the same artist, no. Uh, you can tell by the faces it's Mike Sikowski. They mm-hmm. have all the same faces as Justice League of the era. But still written by E. Nelson Bridwell. Brilliantly. Wait till I get to all this. Okay. Um, so they are visiting prof, uh, Dean Egghead's <laughs> Atavistic Academy. Do you know what atavistic means? I had to look it up. I'm sorry, I don't. Atavistic means reversion to something ancient or ancestral. Oh. Just keep that in the back of your mind. Okay. So... Uh, Story begins at the front door of Dean Egghead's Academy for Superheroes, mm-hmm. where all the faculty is resigning. Are. 
walking out the door. Um, Professor Egghead realizes he should have gotten real superheroes to teach a student, so he sends out several letters of inquiry. Uh, here are the responses. It wouldn't be a fair match. We only outnumber your students two to one, signed the Justice League of America. Sorry, but I'd be out of my element, signed <laughs> Metamorpho. Metamorpho, the element man. Yeah. Uh, this is one disaster we want no part of, signed the Doom, Doom Patrol. Patrol. Even Lead isn't dumb enough to take on this job, signed the Metal Men. Mm. And finally, compared to your academy, Benedict Arnold High is a rest home. That's from Super Hip. I don't think you've seen Super Hip. He's uh, in Bob Hope comics oh, where God. Bob Hope <laughs> goes or teaches. I don't know how he's affiliated with Benedict oh, Arnold Bob High. Hope comics it's are the as worst. stupid as you're imagining. Okay. Um, so Professor Egghead, sorry, Dean Egghead, realizes he's going to have to scrape the bottom of the barrel, and he calls the Inferior Five. And they come a-running to teach his students who are all somehow equipped with superpowers which harken back to earlier ages. So we have the ape. Which is like uh-huh, uh, the beast. Yes, I'll get to that in a minute. Oh, okay, I'm so right. excited. Okay. Uh, we have the basilisk, who uh, is a throwback to the gorgons mm-hmm. with their petrifying gaze, so he can look at something and turn it into stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Icarus... Who uh, has wings and can fly? Mm-hmm. Uh, a throwback to the birds. Mm-hmm. Um, Winter Wonderland, who can uh, coat himself in ice, and Levitation Lass, who can lift things with her mind. Now, as you've correctly surmised, Rob, these are a direct parody of the original X Men. Mm-hmm. The Beast, Cyclops, Angel, mm-hmm. Iceman, and Marvel Girl. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for the best part? I am. We get uh, the students' real names when they're introduced. Mm-hmm. The Apes is secretly Harry McElhenney. The Beast's real name is Hank McCoy. <laughs> Basilisk is Irish Autumns. Cyclops, as you know, is Scott, Scott. Summers. Summers, yeah. That was my... I, I, I giggled when I realized Irish, Irish and Scott. Scott. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't get that at first. I was this stuck on the really, Sorry. He's... Bridwell's a genius. Yeah. Sorry. Icarus, Melvin Murgatroyd, the 14th. Okay. And, and Angel, Angel is... Warren Worthington, the 3rd. Melvin Murgatroyd, Warren Worthington. So alliteration. Yep. Yeah. And then also the, the sequence of... Willy, uh, Winter Wonderland is Billy Gander. Billy Gander. Iceman is Bobby Drake. Oh, wow. Very clever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Levitation last, Penelope Pink. Marvel Girl, of course. Jean Grey. <laughs> Penelope Pink, Jean Grey. Is Grey spelled G-R-E-Y? Uh, is G-R-E-Y. it I E-Y? Okay. I'm pretty sure. Is one the British spelling and one the English spelling? E- the American spelling? I don't know if I mean, they're both correct. I mean, I don't know if it was like Gray was the surname and uh, like EY was the surname and AY was the color hmm. or if it's just Americans are idiots and spelled anything the way they wanted to. Hmm. I don't know. Like 
My my Canadian cousin who spells color C O L O U R. Yes. And favorite with an O U in it as well. And theater with an R E instead mm. of E R. Mm-hmm. Well, I do that because I'm uh, pretentious. That's the word I was looking for. So they go uh, in Figure Five, start training, not very successfully. I'm skipping ahead now to where we meet the villains because there's. I don't know if these are supposed to be direct. Uh, references to X-Men villains. I really tried hard to find. What page you on B? Eleven. Okay. So we're introduced now to the villains of the piece. (laughs) Yeah. F-A-N is the acronym for Fraternity of Atavistic (laughs) No-Goodniks. I assumed that this was supposed to be an homage to the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, mm-hmm. who were the X-Men's mm-hmm. foes. Mm-hmm. So they are led by Dr. Dinosaur, who I thought maybe was supposed to reference the X-Men's villain Sauron, who mm-hmm. is a half-man, half-pterodactyl, mm-hmm. but he hadn't been introduced yet. Okay. So maybe Dr. Dinosaur is supposed to be like Magneto, and just he's dressed like a dinosaur for some reason. I don't know. Uh, Frogman. I mean, if you, if you, if it's not obvious to you, then perhaps these, uh, villains were just a, you know, created just for this comic or reference something not exactly in the, uh, X-Men comics. Right. Uh, a frogman though. Now the X-Men did have a villain called the toad, which is, yes, I've, yes. I've he's seen in him. the movie. Yes. Yeah. So that's why I, well, he's also in the comics. Yes. Yeah. That's why I started down this line of questioning because okay. Frogman clearly could be the toad. Um, Angelfish is a f- mermaid. Yeah. Now, Submariner was a member of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants briefly. Hmm. So that could be, and it was around this time of publishing history. Okay. Um, the amoeba is a living amoeba. Now, there was a villain called the Blob. Oh. But he had a very different power set than this amoeba has. Okay. Now, the, here's where I'm stuck. Tirano Don Juan is the guy in the top hat. Mm-hmm. Tirano spelled P-T-E-R-A-N-O, Don mm-hmm. Juan. So he has uh, dinosaur wings, and he's a Don Juan. Hmm. Now... There was a folk song popular in the 60s called Amor Tirano. Mm-hmm. So if you're relating Don Juan to love mm-hmm. and Tirano to the word Tirano, mm. maybe. Mm. Uh, there's also uh, Carlos Castaneda's wrote a book called The Teaching of Don Juan, mm-hmm. which talked about pinches tiranos, petty tyrants. Mm-hmm. Also not published until 1968. So regardless of whether we're considering this an homage to the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, I don't think there might be more influence here to pop culture. Yes. And I don't know what Toronto Don Juan is supposed to mean. Okay. If anybody knows, let us know. All right. So, so, uh, that's all I really wanted to say about this story. I was so excited about the cool. X-Men so, secret identities. Teaching's going well in the school, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all go out to fight the uh, fan, what are they called? Fraternity of Atavistic 
Guys. No good <laughs> No good nicks. Fang. And as per usual, of course, Dean Egghead is supposed to be Professor Egg. Yes, of course. So they're called the Eggs Men. Uh-huh. Get it? Yeah. Um, so they all go out and fight and accidentally win the end. But the upshot is they need to find teachers for the school. Uh-huh. So the Freedom Brigade comes to be the teachers oh, for them. Yay. Yay. And Awkward Man falls in love with uh, the angelfish oh, briefly. Yeah. Of course. And Who at the wouldn't? end he says, sigh, I wonder if I'll ever see angelfish again. We wouldn't be a bit surprised, Awkward Man, if the Inferior Five gets its own mag, that is. Do they? They do. They have 12 issues of their own comic, which we will cover the first few because they're go-go checked. Oh, great. Right? So we'll see them again. I was so excited to see the Inferior Five. I first was exposed to them in the pages of Showcase Mm -hmm. Comics number 100, Mm -hmm. which uh, was a big story that featured every character that had ever appeared in Showcase Comics. Uh Uh-huh. And then they had, uh, DC used to publish Digest, little Digest comics, like, you know, Archie has the Digest comics in the grocery store. Sure. DC used to have those and have reprints in those. Mm-hmm. So one of the reprints had the origin story of the Inferior Five. Hmm. So um, I was just always fascinated by the concept, of course, when I was younger and was turned on by Mad Magazine mm-hmm. regularly. I don't mean turned on like they just published their last issue of Mad Magazine this year. I know. Yeah. Well, I used to love Mad Magazine. It's hard to make fun of things when everything in the world is ridiculous. <laughs> um, so yes, I was very excited. Never having read beyond that first story, mm-hmm. I was so excited to see all the clever. Uh, parodies of Marvel heroes and looking ahead at the covers of their solo series, I can see that there are more Marvel Mm -hmm. parodies coming. Wonderful. What did you think? I liked it a lot. I liked the artwork. Yep. I, um, I liked that it was very different. Yes. Uh, when I first started diving into it, I thought, Oh God, it's another Jerry Lewis type comic. Same. Me too. Yeah. It, It wasn't at all. It's a little more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sophisticated, sophisticated humor. Yeah. little tongue in cheek um, requires you to understand a little bit more about the culture at that time, and also referencing other comics, which is nice because it draws in a little bit more knowledge. Yes, the other comics. It was nice. I enjoyed it. Same. You can find us on social media at GoGoCheckPod. Uh, you can download us on iTunes or. Or whatever it's called now, iPodcasts. I just did my Catalina update, and I hate it already. No, really? Yeah. Can I put in a plug for another podcast? Sure. I am really, I, I look forward to listening to Sell Our Notes. What is it? It's about wine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's not to love? I just like these guys talking about wine all the time. They drink wine. You know? All right. It comes on NPR. It's wine o'clock somewhere. Right? It only comes on once a week. It's nice. Um. You can download us on iTunes or wherever you get your uh, podcast downloads from, including Stitcher and Spotify. And uh, we're here every week, folks. We are. Usually we're not this much of a downer. No, are we really? What? Are we really downer? Well, we got into all that Nazi stuff and I felt like I'm we were... I'm so No, sorry. it's not your fault. 
It's the story. Yeah, yeah. I should I should have seen that coming. I should never have mentioned that. Well, it's also I usually don't delve this deep into trivia and ephemera. It was nice. I enjoyed it. It was a nice change of pace. Mm-hmm. But we'll be back soon with a radio drama. That always lightens oh, things yes. up. Oh, yes. Definitely. All right. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook. You can leave me a message on our Facebook page at Gokuchuk Pod, and or you can tweet at us, or you can do anything you want. I don't care. <laughs> you do you, boo. Bye. 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 Please talk in angry times.